Blog Talk Radio. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. Yes, 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 folks. Welcome to the Big Brother After Show. I'm your host, Sam Williams. As always, I join you every week. I invite you to come join me as well online and talk about what's going on in the Big Brother house and the things that are happening. And, man, are things really starting to starting to get going. I mean, here's the prize show we're going to do. We're going to try to start doing some Sunday night shows. This one's starting a little later than usual. I haven't really decided on a time slot yet, but we're going to get there. Of course, every Thursday we do a show uh, right after live eviction, so everybody's welcome to join. You're also welcome to call in anytime you want. A guest call-in line is 917-889-7084. Uh, if you call in, you get on the show, Yeah, say something, ask your question, say something about me. You can be negative, positive, whatever you choose, and I guarantee you're going to have a great time. You can also send some chat questions in, as well as join us on Facebook, on the Big Brother After Show. We're the only one out there. Join our, join our page, like it, and, of course, you can send questions through there, too, and we'll get them, and we'll be able to put them on air for you. So a lot of things have been discussed this week, and, you know, and the biggest one, uh, being Jeff's fondling of himself. Uh, man, you know, the Twittersphere just lit up with people talking about, you know, Jeff touching himself, touching his wangy, and uh, rubbing it on Liz, Julia, whichever one it was. And, man, I mean, TMZ really, really scarred this guy. If there's anything we've learned about the Internet, it's that any little bit of something that's out there, whether it's true or not, really gets blown up. And usually when the truth comes out, nobody really cares anymore. It's amazing how the information cycle really runs. I mean, you can be the worst person on the planet. You can do some of the worst things, and it really you didn't do it. It could be completely made up. could be a complete lie. could be completely misunderstood. And, man, people are just going to run with it. And by the time the real information comes out, people have moved on to something else. Truth of the matter is that, you know, we saw this week where Jeff looked like, from a camera angle, he was, you know, playing with his dinghy, as Tommy Boy says, and looked like he wiped his hand off on Liz. This is so weird to have to talk about on air. But, uh, but you know, TMZ catches on to this because, of course, slow news day. Uh, and they put this on the Internet, you know, that Big Brother contestant, you know, basically – touches himself and, and rubs it on contestant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I mean, it's just outrage. You know, he should be thrown out of the house. He he shouldn't be allowed to stay in there. And that's exchanging bodily fluids, and that's disgusting. And I admit, hey, had he had done it, I'm on board. It's disgusting. You know, that, you know, that's nasty, okay? And I'm saying if he would have done it. Because the matter of fact, the truth of the matter comes out, and if you look at the TMZ article way at the bottom in the small print where it says update, the part where everybody's not seeing right now is the part where they're saying that it actually from another camera angle, which, hey, I don't know. You're watching Big Brother. You're seeing an angle. You know what? There's 50 cameras in that house. There's another angle you can go look at to make sure that what you're reporting on this poor guy is the truth. And, of course, later on a different camera angle, we see that he wasn't doing anything. Looks like he's just, hey, look, man, some people just uh, cup their stuff. 
we'll put it that way. Some men just like to cup their stuff. And it didn't look like he was really playing. It looked like he was really removing a – he was telling her about a spot on her shirt, and he was actually touching the spot on her shirt. And from the new camera angle, of course you can see the spot. Of course you can see that he wasn't doing that. And everything's all good to go, and Jeff's completely innocent. But people still don't realize that. I invite anybody to go check out the TMZ story on that. You'll see the update. You'll see the new camera angle, and you'll see that he didn't do any of that. And I think it's important. You know, we're very critical in the show. I mean, you know, there are things that I've said that people don't like. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a few years now. People don't like a lot of things that I say, and I get that. But, you know, what's fair is fair, and what's not is what's not. What he did didn't really happen. What they say he did didn't happen. And sometimes you just have to go out there and clear that up and say, look, whatever you're that, – that part of it, especially when it's damaging, because this guy's going to – Trust me, memes and everything else are going to be used on this Jeff character for probably the next year. Uh, I know the year after you get out of the house is, is either are some of the highest and lowest points of your life because there's so many people that are critical and so many people praising you that, you know, either you deserve it or don't. But um, one of the big things is is that, you know, we have to clear a guy like Jeff and kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. And uh, I'm not sure that that's fairly been done uh, because there's sure, certainly a lot more uh, information out there that's negative and there is positive on that situation and definitely not something to clear up the story. So for all, your, all, the, all the listeners out there that are loyal listeners to the show, I just want you to know that new camera angle proved you have to do it. So let's move on to stuff that's important because although it's important to clear the guy's name, we've got other stuff to talk about. You know, I'm amazed this season. I'm really, really, and, I, and I've said this on prior shows, I'm really happy with this cast. There's some people that I just, Jace, uh, you know, Jace is Jace, and I'm not sure that Jace was the right character for that house, as we found out. Uh, I think he was a little too energetic, and um, I think he was a little too much for a lot of the house, and maybe a little too much too early. Uh, he'd probably admit that to you. There's just a lot going on early, and and I think that's kind of what sealed the deal for him. Strong personalities sometimes that are out there uh, really get people in trouble. Joey, last season, got in trouble. Kind of, I think she was a strong personality. But... I'm really, really impressed with the strong females this year. Um, you know, Megan, I'm not a Meg fan. I would have rather have seen uh, Devon stay. Uh, I've said that. I'd rather see Devon stay. I would have rather have seen Megan get thrown out of the house. Um, just because I don't think Megan's a strong player, I don't think she's interesting. And it's no offense to her. I just don't see her as a strong player. And I don't think this is the show she's meant to maybe be, the, be a, a big star on. Uh, she seems to disappear. The only thing that really gets her involved is her little mess around with Jeff and, of course, being a pawn. Um, but I really hated seeing her stay in the house only because I think – I think, and you know what? The strategic, the, uh, the strategic idea here would be I think Day staying in the house actually helps a lot of people. It uh, didn't happen, but I think it would have helped people. You know, the same reason they're keeping Audrey in the house. I think Day would have been a strong target. I think she would have – probably caused more problems as the time went on. I think she was going to get very dramatic, and she would have wanted revenge and, and whatnot. And I think it would have taken a lot of pressure off the other players in the house that are really trying to do work right now. So, you know, Megan staying in the house and seeing her get put right, right back up and seeing her kind of have a meltdown, I, I think that emotionally it's going, to, it's going to fracture her a bit. I think she's going to start kind of having a harder and harder time. From what I read on the spoiler stuff, she's starting to come back around, and she's talking to Austin. Maybe Austin's telling her that the whole plan was that they were going to eventually, you know, come down and win because Johnny Mac was going to throw it. We're going to get on to Johnny Mac in a minute because, my gosh, that kid is hes playing. But, um, you know, so she seems to be calmed down now. But, you know, I just, you know, you got to work at it a little bit. You know what I mean? You've you, got to try to establish something, and I just don't feel it from Meg. Maybe it will come later. But I just don't feel like she's playing very hard right now, which is okay, but I don't feel like she's doing anything right now other than just being in existence. And I think existence is good in the house early on, but I don't see a killer instinct in her that's going to help later. But when it comes to the other females in the house, I mean, Audrey, for all the hate out there about Audrey, Audrey's staying alive. I mean, she's basically painting herself as, as the, the most worthless person in the house, Nobody's going to, and it's exactly what I would do. I would play the dead possum. Nobody's going to work with me. Why would you get me out of here? Nobody's talking to me. What's the point? It's the exact same angle that I would play if I were her. I think she's doing everything right. Um, and I, I, 
I think she's saving herself off the block, and I don't think it's just luck. I think I think she set herself up to be the less threatening person who has nobody to work with, and and I think that's really working to her benefit, and it's really saving her because she is an easy out, and people are going to save her for later. Um, and I think that's when she's going to kind of creep back into this and maybe win an HOH and kind of flip things back around because she really is on an island by herself. I mean, I know that there are people that are working with her, but I don't know that there's solid commitments. I think it's kind of telling her what she wants to hear, uh, and she's more or less just being kept in the loop and not really being given any type of real information. So, uh, so you know, she's still strong, though. Uh, she's still strong. Shelly, I'm telling you, I see something in Shelly that makes me feel like that Shelly's going to be, and please don't crucify me for this statement, but I really feel like Shelly's going to be close to that Janelle type of character. Now, we've still got an early, early game here, and I could be wrong, but I feel like she's a very strong person in the way that she's intuitive and, and she can win comps. I think she's physically able to win comps. I think she's smart, and I think she's somebody who has a decent social game, something that I've always felt like Janelle kind of lacked a little bit, just as a viewer watching. So, you know, critiquing game, watching from the outside in, and I realize that's what I'm doing, but we're all doing that. It's the only way we can watch this show. I feel like Shelly's got a pretty decent, strong uh, social game. She seems to be an alliance that she's going to stick with. I love this Sixth Sense alliance. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I think it's a great alliance. I'm really on board for it. I think it's a solid one that's going to kind of stick. Um, but I think that she's, she's somebody that's not afraid to make those moves. She's really, really, really willing to kind of hurt another strong female player in Becky by kind of going behind her back and doing something different than what she told her. And she had no qualms about doing it, which I like. I like that she didn't have to be afraid to really tell, to really kind of pull one over on Becky and then tell her later, look, this is what I had to do. I, I got nothing but respect for Shelly for that one. I think that she did a great job on that. So I, I see her strong, and I said that again. I think Becky is strong. Shelly and Becky both winning HOHs. I mean, they're obviously both very strong players. Uh, and they're female, all bonuses as far as I'm concerned. So I'm seeing a lot of strong play. And then you add in Vanessa, and the angle that Vanessa's playing right now, look, you know, Vanessa is a mind player. She's a strategic player. She's got a poker player's mind, Uh, a lot of players thrown in there. But she's a poker player. She's got the mind for strategy. And and if there's anything that you know about poker players – it's that they understand the odds of everything they almost do. I mean, they almost, you know, they almost have that freakonomics thing about them. Their, their whole life is based on percentages and odds and what they can do with this and what they can do with that with what's holding their hands. And I think that she applies that very well to Big Brother for the moment. I think she's really, really playing her odds. She's playing towards the pot. She's, she's seeing what she has in her hand, and she's trying to make her hand stronger, and I think she's playing really well. So as far as, like, you know, look, we didn't have strong, you know, when I say strong females, I say new players, okay? New players. I'm not talking about repeat players. We knew Danielle Donato was strong in 13. We knew Rachel was strong in 13. We knew that Brittany Haynes would be strong in, in, in 14. You know, as far as new cast casted females go, this is a really good one for the last couple of seasons as far as new cast. I mean, you take the 14 new player cast and Daniel Murphy, okay, you know, still I'm on the fence. I don't know that I really buy Daniel in 14. I think Dan did a whole lot to help her. But you look at the past, and it's really not that strong. And to see a really good house of strong females is really refreshing because I think a lot of us were starting to kind of give up a little bit of hope that we were going to get a good house with a couple of strong females. I think we thought we'd get a house with one or two. Now we've got a house with kind of packed with them. That's great. Uh, I think it's really great for the show. I think it's going to be really great as this thing for, goes further. So strong females this year have been really, really impressive. And to go along with all the strong females of this year, at the end of the show I'm going to give you my top ten female players of all time that I feel like deserve to be in the rankings of top ten. I didn't include anybody from 17 just because we don't know what their game's going to be. These are a lot of past players, and a lot of them go back pretty far. So you've got to be on top of it. If you're a real fan, you'll kind of catch on to a lot of these, and some of these you're going to disagree with. And if you disagree with them, I invite you to write. I invite you to post on the site. I invite you to say I disagree with this or I disagree with that. Call in next week. Tell me you don't, you don't like it. 
Of course, we're going to do a show on Thursday. But, you know, hey, let me know. I don't like what you, where you had this person, where you had that person. I want to know. I want to know where my, where my rankings are. But we're going to talk about that after the commercial towards the end here. Um, but we've got bigger things to talk about. Liz and Julia, not strong players, but you know what? As females, I respect the fact that they're trying to do it as twins. Guys, it's got to be hard. I mean, you can honestly see the emotional let go when they realize that they can talk to people and be who they are. When you think about it, when you're a twin, and I've never been one, I'm not one, I'm never going to be one, so I don't know. But I have to imagine that if you're playing as someone else and you're slipping up all the time and you're feeling like you're a failure because you're not pulling it off maybe as well as you thought you could do it and you've got a whole house that's suspicious on you, that's got to be a lot of pressure. And I think everybody needs to back off of them for a minute and realize that what they're going through is really probably harder than anybody else. That's what I'm saying about uh, last week I said, you know, the hardest part about the twin twist is on the twins. It's not on everybody else. It's on them. They're the ones that are having the hardest time about it. Being in an alliance with them is not going to hurt you. They're already as much damage as they're going to have. An alliance with them is only going to help, in my opinion, which is why I like this Sixth Sense alliance. But uh, I think that they are probably not going to be strong players. I don't feel like they're going to be – either one of them are going to be people that are going to really win HOHs or POVs, but they are a boat. And they're two boats, and they're both going to always go the same way. That's one thing you have guaranteed with Liz and Julia. You're always going to get two votes that you know are going to be the same. So if they're going to be votes for you to work with you, then you take them. That's just my opinion on it. I think it's a smart idea to protect them. But, um, you know, this, this house and the twins and the strong females, everything is starting to come to a head. And the biggest thing that I like about what's happening so far, and we saw this tonight, and, and it's starting to happen, you know, I told you last week, I said, you know, Austin and Vanessa winning. Okay, Audrey's an obvious person you're going to put up. You know, she's the one that, that you know, you're going to have to probably fight over to put up. Who else will they put up? I mean, I really didn't feel like there was anybody in this thing that was telling you I'm on your side. When you look at the alliances and as they line up, it's really confusing to see who's working with who, what alliance is with what alliance. And at the end of the day, um, a lot of the problem comes into play that I didn't know who these guys were going to really put up. I knew Audrey was going to be probably an automatic, but I like how they're not really using her yet. Uh, I think she's going to be sneaky for some drama later. That's why. Um, but, you know, who are they really going to put up? And for those two to really come together and say, look, it's time to divide the house. Austin said it's this house is going to divide, and I think he's 100% right. Let me tell you, a lot of people love season six. I, I like season six. Um, love's a strong word, but you know what? I keep it on one of my highest because of the drama factor. Uh, I, I, rate, I rate seasons by drama and strategy. Uh, six rates very high for me in drama. I mean, it's a great drama season. But one of the things that I think people don't realize about six being so great, and I've seen some people say this, but what I really feel like is the greatest part about season six is cast it really well. But the greatest thing about season six is when that house divides. When you see one half of the house side with one half and the other side with another half. To me, that's when season six got good. And the reason that it got so good is because these two sides really disliked each other. I mean, the friendship alliance versus, you know, I guess S6. I can't remember what they were. Uh, But, I mean, you know. These people really did not like the other side. I mean, it started with Cappy going home. Eric, when that guy went home, battle lines started to get drawn. Things started to get hate. Things got heated, hateful. And this side, these sides divide. And anybody in the middle kind of had to make a decision. Where are you going to go? You're going to have to make a decision. There was, you know, you're really not dealing with floaters in season six. You're really dealing with a side versus side, alliance versus alliance season. Now, if I can't get a season with a mastermind like Danielle Reyes, and I'm not going to get Will, and I'm not going to get Dan, I'm not going to get players that I feel like are just legendary players that are making things happen in the house, give me a two-sided, two alliances going to war. If you're going to give me anything, give me that. Don't ever, ever, ever give me a 13-person alliance or anything like that like last season. That's garbage. Sorry to everybody that was in that. I'm sure I'll get some heat for it. But listen. I don't like this bomb squad, 12 people, 10 people alliance. I like, uh, you know, the six-person alliances going head-to-head. This house is going to divide. 
and a lot of people are, you know, messaging me now asking me, what are the two sides? And, and I'm kind of going to run over what I believe the two sides are. And it was mentioned a little bit on Twitter today. And, of course, you want to follow us on Twitter. It's Big Brother After Show, or BB After Show. There's no crazy signs in there or anything. Just BB After Show. Go on there. We, we tweet out information, retweet things that we think are interesting. Uh, talk to a lot of people. Um, so this is where we this is where we really think the alliances are, and it's kind of alliances within alliances. Okay, so stick with me. We know Shelley and Clay are an alliance, so put that in one circle. Austin, Vanessa, Liz, and Julia are in one. Okay, so they're kind of in in, in a separate circle each way. So Shelley and Clay is in one. Austin, Vanessa, Liz, and Julia in another one. Now draw a big circle around those two circles. Now they're in the together. Well, what ended up being a six-person, six-sense alliance, which I still think is really, really solid, Steve has been added into the mix of that. So draw another circle around those two circles and put Steve in it, okay? So there we go. Now draw another circle around that and put Johnny Mac in it, okay? It seems like Johnny Mac's more willing to work with Shelly and Clay and those guys than maybe the other side. But, again, the other side hasn't really, really been that strong in the last two two weeks. But I, I see Becky on her own, and I see Audrey on her own. Uh, on the other side of the house, I see a circle with Jeff, Meg, James, and Jason in it. This is not a bad group, okay? I mean, we saw Jason and James win HOHs. And then I would say Jackie's part of that because of Jeff. So you really got another five-person uh, on the other side of the house. And I think it's going to be a battle for Becky. Uh, and I don't see that Shelly and Clay have a lot of interest in her. So Jeff and those guys would be very smart to go after Becky and pull her in. And Audrey is just out there on her own. She's probably going to be one of those people that she's going to float between the two groups. I think that's where her strength's going to actually be. So that's where I see the house divided. One side, Shelly Clay, uh, Austin, Liz, Julia, and Vanessa on one side. Steve working with them. I honestly see Johnny Mac in the middle, to be honest with you. On the other side, Jeff, Meg, uh, James, Jason, and Jackie. I think they can work Becky on their side. This thing's shaping up to be a division. And the best, best, best possible scenario for this season, and it's already starting off really great, is to have the house really divide down the middle. And I think the nominations that we saw really did divide the house. It let everybody know kind of where they stand. I like how Austin's kind of playing the whole I'm dumb thing. Of course, you know, I'm surprised like, I didn't realize that the twins were in there. I mean, where, where's he been? You know, I mean, you know, couldn't help but kind of laugh about that. You know, you know, it's just like, where have you been, man? But, you know, hey, you know, like he said, what I like about him is he, he, he got some information. It was really breaking information for him and really did affect him because he's really tight with Liz. And the first thing he does is he says, well, that's cool. You know, let's work with both of them. That's great. That's how you flow through this. I think that's how you do it when you're Austin. This guy's a six-foot-something, 250-pound threat. Nobody looks at the guy because he's really liquid. He's really moving. And I, Austin is liquid, okay? He's moving with the way the glass goes. I mean, he's just going to roll with it. But he's also very strong in the people he's working with. Never thought Vanessa would be as strong as she is because, you know, hey, some of you guys remember, Night one or two, she's bawling, okay? She's crying. She misses everybody in her life. She misses her home. She misses her dog. She misses her girlfriend. She misses her dad, whoever. She misses her car, misses her carpet. She loves lamp. I'm just kidding. But she misses all these things. She's bawling in the bathroom. People are trying to console her. I thought, here we go. This is over. This is done. She's, she's going to self-evict. She's going to go home. And boom, man. You know, part of me thinks that she was kind of playing people. That's what I want to believe. But if she wasn't, I almost give her more credit for rebounding the way that she has. I mean, to come up to this, starting to talk strategy, working with Austin, she was really on the outside, guys, if you think about it. She really was not in a solid group. Yet here she is in the Sixth Sense Alliance. I mean, you couldn't have told me that three weeks ago. I said, no, she's not, she's not, she's not somebody that they're looking at. I mean, maybe for a vote. I don't know that they would take her that serious, but here she is. I could give Vanessa a ton of credit here. So Austin and Vanessa working together has been great. 
and those are where those alliances lie. I think Jason right now knows where he's at on this group. I think Megan knows where she's at in this group. Jackie is over in left field picking flowers and chasing butterflies, but she obviously knows that she's not included. Uh, I think Becky knows after what's happened with Shelly during their HOH share that she's not a part of their group. And I think Becky actually is probably going to end up being a decent player. She's won an HOH, give her credit where it's due. Uh, and she's laying low, it seems like, right now. Where is Becky? I think she's really laying low. I think she's trying to figure out where things are. I think she's trying to figure out where things are at, but she seems to be very, very quiet and staying out of any drama. Probably really smart on her part, but I think she's going to get pulled in. But here's the problem. We're sitting here looking at a situation where we know that Jeff's going to be backdoored by Vanessa. It was a plan from the beginning. Again, Austin, tons of credit for him to act surprised. He, uh, you know, as this happens, of course, you know, everything will catch up on Thursday. But as what's happening right now in the house, Austin's playing this. I had no idea. What do you mean he's going? What do you mean you're going up? She wasn't supposed to do this. Let's be Audrey, right? And Vanessa's letting him play that game, which is fantastic. I mean, he's winning on a lot of a lot of angles. Austin's really the really moving up the ladder right now because of how he's being able to play. Like I said, he's liquid at the same time. Being able with Vanessa's permission to completely play off the Jeff thing that he had no idea Jeff was going to go up. It's amazing to me. So here we are. Johnny Max went in the POV. And if we could right now, I want to talk a little bit about Johnny Mac um, and what this guy's doing. You know, a lot of people couldn't stand it. Oh, I don't like Johnny Mac. I don't, I, you know, I think the guy's hilarious, number one. I think he's great TV. I think he's great live feed. And I think he, I think he just, He's just there, okay? But at the same time, I just don't think that he's able to really use a strong strategy yet because he's being used as that guy to throw comps. Well, look, I think Johnny Mac is on everybody's alliance, but nobody's aware of it. This guy's on every alliance possible because every time there's somebody that needs to go up to throw a competition, guess what? Johnny Mac's called on and Johnny Mac delivers, and he never lets anybody down. Now here's the thing, Johnny Mac's throwing all of these HOH or these Battle of the Block competitions, and he's killing it in the POVs. And what I like about Johnny Mac is that Johnny Mac will tell you, I'm gonna throw that Battle of the Block. Oh yeah, you want me to do this and throw it? Sure, sure, sure. But damn well, when it comes down to that POV, that guy ain't throwing it, and he's not losing it, and he's not getting out of it. He's gonna win it because he knows. At the end of the day, I don't mind throwing Battle of the Block, but when it comes down to me being there, when it comes down to votes, count me out. And I love that about him. And he doesn't make any apologies for it. Everybody should just expect it. Austin and Vanessa getting upset that Johnny Mac won the POV, and he's probably going to use it. Man, you can't blame that guy. Get off of him. I mean, that, that's not, that, to me, that's not fair. It's kind of like when Shelly pulled him in, and he's not even in your alliance, and you're asking this guy not to use the POV. I'm glad he said no. He should say no. He should have looked at Clay and said, you know what, if you feel so confident, then why don't you go up, Clay? I know Clay offered to go up, and Shelly wouldn't put him up, but I would have put Clay on the spot there. You want me to trust you? Then you show me how I can trust you by going up on the block in my place. Now, it probably wouldn't have worked Shelly doing that, but it probably would have still resulted in the same thing. And I think that Johnny Mac's just playing a really good game. Now, here's the problem with Johnny Mac, and he can't help it. You've got to throw those battle of the blocks if you're being asked to do it. You've got to win the POBs if you're going to follow through on throwing the battle of the blocks. But here is the main problem with Johnny Mac. Pretty soon, light bulbs are going to go off. People are going to start hitting switches, okay? And when those lights all go on, they're going to realize Johnny Mac is the most competitive and the best competitor in this house. It's already been proven. It's already been shown. He doesn't have a need to win HOH right now because everybody's enjoying putting him in the out of the block to throw it. So he's got no real threats through him. But there's going to come a day, just like he said on the show tonight, where he said, when this is all done, I'm coming after you guys. I think he's right. I think they're going to play this and play it. But at some point, the problem with Johnny Mac is that people are going to realize that he's really winning things at his own will, and he's going to become a threat. And he's going to have to make a decision really soon. Now, I like the deal that he cut with Vanessa and Austin. I like that Vanessa and Austin felt like they had to cut a deal with him and tell him, hey, look, you know, if you do this, we will keep you safe until, I think, the second week of jury. 
I think it's a great deal. I think he takes it. It's great. Fantastic. Hopefully they stick to it. I think he deserves it. I think he's earned it. You don't earn anything in Big Brother, but I think if you had to, he deserves it. He deserves to sit through a couple of weeks and get to that second jury, second week of jury. And I think if he can stay protected by them by the first week of jury, he can kind of go ahead and turn on them first. But it just depends on where he aligns. But there's a danger, there's a pro and con with Johnny's game right now. One is that you're doing what everybody asks you to do. You're not making any apologies when you use the POV. You're showing that you're a strong player that could make alliances want you. But what it does is it makes people that you're not talking to target you. And that one time that Audrey wins an HOH or, you know, um, Jason wins an HOH, it's very possible by that time they realize who you are and they want to get rid of you because you're going to keep winning POVs that they need at the, at the, at the end of the game. So there's a danger there, and I think Johnny Mac needs to make a commitment somewhere, make a guarantee with somebody, and say, look, I don't want to be a pawn anymore, but I can win these HOHs, I can win these Battle of the Blocks. I need somebody to have my back. And somebody needs to scoop him up because I do think he's a strong player, and you don't want him working against you, you want him working for you. But there's a danger of Johnny Mac's game, but I love the way this guy's playing. He's cracking me up. He's got a good personality. He seems, And you know what? I think he proved to people he was a dentist with the little discovery tonight about uh, a crown on uh, either Julia or Liz's teeth. You know, I think he kind of proved it. I am really a dentist. I know there was doubts about that. <laughs> so maybe now he's proven it. Um, but that's what's going on. Now he's coming down. Who's going up? Jeff's going up. And I'm really surprised. I really feel like Jeff's a personal move. I don't think Jeff's a strategic move. I think your real, real, real guy that you really, truly – need to get rid of is Jason. I think Jason needs to go because I think Jason's actually a really, really good player. Uh, He seems to have the personality to really grab the house um, and to take him. And I think he's also a competitor. It amazed me tonight when he's talking about getting upset. Him and Meg were so upset about being put up, and they're talking about how weak they are. I I don't know where Jason was week one. But Jason needs to remember that he won HOH week one. And it was a pretty physical competition, if you remember. I mean, I owned to a post, oiled down with slime, while, you know, 140 pounds is pulling him off this post, and he's able to stick on it. Don't fool anybody by acting like you're that weak. Everybody remembers you winning week one and winning that HOH spot. So don't act like you're not that strong of a player, because you are. And you've proven you are. And I think he's got a good social game. A lot of people really like him. A lot of people thought he was going to be annoying online when we were talking about him. A lot of people thought, nah, he won't last. He'll get on everybody's nerves. But I think he's kind of come around. He's very funny. I think he's got a, a funny wit about him. I think he's very quick-witted. And I think that helps in the house. I think it helps people be around you and laugh and enjoy your company. So I think he's very strong socially. Um, but I think he's probably one of the guys that they should target. I really think Jason should be targeted um, by by uh, Austin and um, and Vanessa. I think it's very very important that he goes for their game, but I think James as well. I think James is actually secretly very good, even though he's kind of keeping it cool. So, you know, when I look at the other side and I go, okay, well, I know the house is divided. You know, I know who's on my team, and I'm looking at Jackie. No, you know, Meg. No, Jeff. Eh maybe the third strongest on that side. Becky might be the person I would target, but James and Jason are the two that come to mind. Now, I know James is on the block um, with John, well with Jeff, but, you know, if the house flipped and went James, I really wouldn't blame him uh, just because I think, I think James is stronger than Jeff. And Jeff's just getting himself in trouble. I mean, every time he opens his mouth, he's getting himself in more trouble I kind of compare him to Audrey, you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't know when to stop. You know, good for him to get on the show and Amazing Race, you know, whatever. But come on, man. you got to learn to keep your mouth shut and quit talking. And not every woman wants to be with you. You know, you're not Ric Flair. Not every woman wants to be with you and every man wants to be you. He needs to really cool it. And I think it's just personal. I think with Jeff, it's personal. And I think when you make personal moves right now, I think it's a big mistake. I think they need to be strategic moves and stronger players. Um, so that's where we're at. That's the alliance. I see the house breaking up and uh, see a lot, of, a lot of people starting to kind of get their war gear on and go to a side, and I think it's going to make this season even better. Um, I also don't believe 
that uh, that Becky, again, can be ignored. I think Becky's going to be somebody that can't be ignored. I'm really surprised that she snuck under the radar the way she has. But I'm going to tell you something. I like this six-sense alliance, like I said before, and and all that, but I do not trust Shelly and Clay. Shelly is, is too smart of a player. She's going to ride this alliance for a little while, but I see Shelly and Clay really breaking off on their own. They're going to have to. You can't ride a six-person alliance in a house of, what, 13 right now, something like that, 14. You really can't ride that alliance for too long before you have to kind of make a move to backstab everyone and break that alliance up. If it's as strong as it is now, this house could flip now. It could go the other way. James wins an HOH. James and Jason win an HOH, and things really flip in the house. And they're coming after Shelly and Clay. I can promise you that. So, you know, I, if Shelly and Clay make it to this alliance, I see them turning on everybody. Uh, they're a threat together. The biggest threat in this entire house right now is Shelly and Clay, period. You know? And the second biggest threat once Julia comes in will be Liz and Julia because, like I said, you're going to get the same votes from those people. You know you're going to get two against any situation you're in because of those votes from those two. And Shelly and Clay are not going to separate. Somebody's going to come in and break them up. And it might even be their own alliance. It, it might even be their own people that turn on them. But I really don't trust Shelly and Clay in this alliance. I think they've got some ulterior motives. I think they're floating along with the alliance because they need them. But I definitely see a mean streak in Shelly, man, and I see Shelly making a move. And hopefully it won't be too early for her game, but it could be. And I think if somebody just twists her the wrong way, she could turn around and want to put somebody up. I can see her really going personal in this game. But they're the strongest. They're the strongest, and it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to get rid of them. Listen, folks, we were going to do a long show tonight, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to commercial real quick, okay? When I come back, we're going to talk about the top ten female players on my list. If you don't agree with them, give me a call, 917-889-7084. Send me a message. You'll get right on the air. You'll be on the air. This show goes live all the way around the world and back again. All Big Brother fans are welcome to it. So hang in there, folks. We're almost done with the show for tonight. We'll come back with our top ten female players. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? Not just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope. It's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Listen, every day I get up and I wonder, can I make it to this day? Maybe I just don't want to go to work. Maybe my kids have kept me up all night. Maybe I'm stressed about what's going on, Big Brother. Maybe it's just because it's hot. I'm slightly overweight. And when I get in the humidity down here in the south, I tend to sweat a lot and be miserable. But then I think if the drummer from Def Leppard can play with one arm, I can get in my damn Honda and go to work for eight hours. Folks, you can't dismiss Def Leppard. Fantastic. Um, okay, getting on to what's important here. Uh, you know, with the strong female players and me being so excited to see strong female players this year, hopefully they'll make it a little bit longer. We need to get them into the last couple of weeks, maybe, you know, final seven or eight, and kind of let, you know, two or three really strong females in there to kind of battle it out. 
in my excitement of having so many strong females in the house, I decided to put together a list of my top ten. Now, you know, when you're doing a show like this, it's going to be a, you know, what I call a surprise show where it's not planned. It's just kind of like, hey, let's do one tonight. And you say, okay, let's do it. You kind of have to throw away, throw, throw these lists together. And, you know, there's going to be some disagreements. But I want, to un- I want people to understand uh, why I'm coming where I'm coming from with a lot of these. Okay? And you're going to get some disagreements. You know, there's a couple that I really had difficulty in placing. Uh, and I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, Keisha from Season 10, uh, Libra from Season 10, both uh, people I felt like were really strong, uh, deserved a lot of credit on this list and didn't make it. It uh, doesn't mean that I wouldn't put them there. It just means that with them, and you know what, a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think Portia played a, you know, when she had to play, I think Portia played really hard in 13. I think Portia is somebody, and Keisha, I both feel like uh, those three women all deserve, at least one or two of them deserve another shot in an All-Stars too. Just the way I feel, I feel like they deserve another shot. Um, so that's where I'm at on that. Uh, some of those are not going to be in there. Now, you know, I got a top ten. One you're not going to see in there is Jordan Lloyd. Sweetheart, great social game. Sorry, I I just think that people voted for her because they liked her and they really hated Natalie at that time. But I think Natalie actually was – all right, I feel people starting to to cock hammers on me. But I feel like Natalie was a better female player that season. I think strategically she teamed up the right way with Jesse and those guys. And I feel like Jesse – a lot of people get upset. I feel like Jesse's a very underrated player. I think Mr. Pectacular was actually somebody who was dominating the game. Both times he was sent out on twist, and a lot of people didn't like him because of his ego and his attitude, and I get all that. But Natalie teaming up with Jesse, I think, was really strong for her, and she carried on to the final two. I'm not going to put Jordan, and I didn't put Natalie in this. I didn't put Jordan in my top ten. Uh, I actually ranked Jordan as one of the worst winners. I know people are going to get upset about that. That's just how I feel. Uh, so let's get started. we got to get started and get out of here so everybody can get to bed. Uh, number 10. It's going to be a surprise for a lot of people because I think Keisha or Portia or Libra could have been in this uh, category, maybe even Shelly from Season 13. But I put in Jen Johnson. Now, Jen Johnson, to me, deserves 10 just for the special fact that in Season 8, Evil Dick could get under the skin of every single person in that house. He played a bully strategy. He played a I'm louder than you strategy. He, he completely nailed the bully uh, strategy that people try to use now, but it doesn't really work. I, I feel like Amanda tried to use it in 15, and it, it, it just really annoyed everybody in a lot of ways. But Evil Dick, to me, is the guy who invented the bully strategy. Now, he'll probably tell you he had a totally another strategy, and I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's all fair. But to me, Evil Dick's strategy was to bully people, and it did work. A lot of people think he got help from production, understand their qualms about that. But Jen Johnson is the one person in the house, the one person in that house that I felt like could annoy the living hell out of Evil Dick. And I felt like she was the one person that could play the role that she needed to play to aggravate him. And it really wasn't about winning the game for her. I think it was more about just annoying him to death. And i got to give her credit, you know, I also think she was pretty strong at times. I mean, she did have moments where she made strong moves. Uh, but, you know, nothing that's memorable, no offense to her. It just wasn't very memorable. But there are times, and if you watch season eight, where you can just tell Jen Johnson gets the best, in my opinion, of Evil Dick at times. Just annoys him to, to holy hell and back. So I put her on at ten, just for fun, for, you know, for giggles. I put her at ten. Uh, nine, I'm going to put in Diane Henry and Nokomis. You know, I think Diane Henry is very underrated. You know, I know that she broke down in seven, and another person on my list broke down in seven, uh, All-Stars. But I really think Diane is, uh, you know, was a stronger player. There's some mistakes made with Drew, Drew, Drew towards the end there that cost her. Uh, a little some trust issues and whatnot. But I still think Diane was a really good player. Uh, and I put Nicomas in there because, you know, the backdoor thing started. Uh, but... Really, for me, Nicomas, look, up until that point, nothing really much going on with her. After that point, not a whole lot going on with her. I put them at nine together because I rate them about the same. Now, number eight, I put Nicole from season two. 
Nicole gets looked over a lot in season two, but she really did play a game. Now, she's very opinionated, and I'm not sure that she does really well in an all-star setting or in a later season maybe to come back and play as a vet. I don't think she can pull it off because I think she's a very, very strong woman. But I think she's overlooked a lot for making it to that final two, taking Will with her. And I think at the time, look, I remember people not liking Will in season two. I remember people not liking his ego and not liking the way that he is uh, acting like he's the greatest thing that ever lived on earth. I remember people absolutely not being able to stand the guy. I love him. He's my top player of all time, as well as many other people feel that way. So I'm not alone. But um, it's not any kind of, you know, incredible intuition here. Will's the greatest player ever. But at the time, you know, everybody really did think Nicole, not everybody, but most people thought Nicole would win because Nicole would be looked at as somebody who was favored a little bit when it came to the jury time. Now, jury saw that Will was just playing out as much as they hated it, the better player. But I rank Nicole in there because I think Nicole's overlooked a lot, and I really liked her. Uh, So I rank her at eight. Number seven is one of my favorite players um, because I think that she has the aggressive ability and she has a really strong social game and she has incredible sex appeal, and that's Allison Irwin. Uh, I think Allison Irwin's looked over a lot again, like I mentioned before, in season seven. She didn't do very well. Listen, if you're going to lose, if you're going to lose in a house, okay, if you're going to get put up because somebody, you know, tricked you or devil stabbed you in the back or whatever, then you know what? Sign me up if the person's Danielle Reyes, okay? If you, Danielle Reyes is going to trick me and send me home, I'm doing it. I'm doing it with a smile on my face. I adore the woman. I think she's fantastic. But Allison Irwin just got she just she wasn't quick enough to keep up with Danielle in season seven. If y'all remember the All Star season, Danielle, you know, had an idea when it came down to those two HOHs. She spread it around to Allison. Allison took it to the rest of the house, and when it came down to it. Danielle threw Allison right under the bus the way that Danielle is great at doing, and it cost Allison as she went home. But in season four, Allison plays a great game. She's using people. She's manipulating. She's backstabbing. She's lying. If you want to talk about the epitome of what Big Brother is, you look at Allison Irwin, and you say, this is the epitome of every female player I would like to see play. I would love to see an Allison Irwin in every season because she was just vicious. She was, she just, man, she had, she had ice water in her veins. And that's what I loved about Allison Irwin. So I have her at number seven. Probably would have ranked her a little higher, but <sighs> she didn't win. She came in second. Now, number six is going to be controversial because every time there's a female winner, a female players list, this mention of this name gets everybody heated up and upset. And no, I'm not talking about Rachel Rowley. I'm talking about Maggie Osborne. Now, why do I put Maggie at seven? Well, or at number six? Well, Maggie won. Credit where credit's due. I'm going to give her some points. That, of course, Jordan won too. Doesn't make her a great player. I agree, but Maggie was able to get the house in order for her alliance to make it to the final two. Okay, and I want to say that. Because of her abilities to organize the alliance, she pretty much headed up that friendship alliance, and she pretty much guided it where it needed to go. She was going against a very, very tough other side of the house. I mean, Janelle, James Ryan, all those people on the other side of the house, very good competitors. I can I consider just in James Ryan's uh, situation, guy's worth a lot more than where he ended up. I mean, to me, he's worth a lot more. He's very smart, but maybe came off a little... I don't know, maybe in the social part of it. Maybe people were a little put off by him. But still a good player. I mean, look at what he's done in the POVs. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He knows the game backwards and forwards. Now, I have to give Maggie Osborne some credit for pulling together her alliance and getting them where they needed to go. That was a basket case of people running around, headless, not knowing what to do. Maggie brings them together. Maggie heads them up. And I give Maggie tons of credit for winning that season. She, You know, a lot of people say she shouldn't have. Well, listen, she shouldn't have been the final two, but she is, and she was, and she won. So you've got to give her credit where credit's due. So that's my number six. I know people are going to be upset about that. There's still time. If you want to call in and complain about that, go for it, 917-889-7084. Or send me a message tomorrow. I'll get a ton of messages tomorrow about the list. About the list. I'm going to put number five at June Song. Now, a lot of people are like, why – 
listen, June invented the sleeper strategy, okay? The floater strategy where she's going to float to the end. She's going to be a sleeper cell. She was great. Now, I'm going to give you a comparison, and the comparison is probably not going to be fair to a lot of you, but I want you to consider it, okay? I would like to compare June's game very much like Andy Heron's game. Now, a lot of people don't like Andy, but I really think you don't like Andy because of Andy, Andy the uh, post winner, and a lot of the tweets and a lot of the controversy and a lot of the fighting. Uh, and a lot of people don't like Andy because they felt like he was a rat. But i got to be honest with you. When it comes to me defending Andy, and Andy's not one of my favorite winners, I, I don't rank him very high, but I do rank him about midway because there's a certain part of this game that is about information. And it's about communication. It's about how information flows between people. And I have to give Andy tons of credit in season 15 for the way that he controlled information, the way he gathered information, the way he used it, and the way he misrepresented it at times. The way that he would let people believe certain things without confirming it or denying it and letting them think the wrong thing, he controlled every bit of information. He was everybody's friend. He was trusted by everyone. And he took that information and used it for his own personal purposes. June is very much the same way, in my opinion. If you, if you understand that June's whole thing was gathering information, using information for her betterment, she was also one of those people that made herself very valuable in the house by cooking and cleaning, never complaining, never doing just being a part of a necessary uh, setup and environment socially for that game and, and season uh, four, and being there, and learning to work with her ex as well, um, and G, and making things kind of happen in that house and kind of letting, letting, you know, letting corpses lie, working with her ex, uh, and keeping all the information and using it to her best ability. June, you've got to give credit to. If somebody's going to invent a strategy, give her credit. She invented the floater strategy and ended up winning her a season. It's a strategy still used today, folks. You can't look at June and not give her a lot of credit for being one of the better female players. Uh, moving on. Four, I've got Daniel Donato. Now, a lot of people will be upset that Daniel Donato is not higher than number three, Rachel Riley, who I have. But I'm going to explain something about Rachel Riley. And no, I'm not just a nut fan of Rachel Riley's. In fact, I'm the opposite. But my thing with Daniel Donato is although I love seeing her in a season, I would take her any season you want to put her back in. I'm on her team. I felt like in 13 you really saw where she was exposed into making some bad decisions not rolling with the Vet Alliance long enough, breaking off too soon, not being patient, playing really fast kind of early, and getting yourself in trouble, and then spending a lot of weeks trying to get herself out of trouble. Now, I give her that number four spot because she is able to get, her out, get herself out of those messes. She is an incredible competitor. She does make good decisions at times, but I think without, and, and I know that this will be upsetting probably to her, but without – Without Evil Dick and Eight being the main shield, taking the blunt of the criticism in the house and taking the blunt of the hate in the house, I don't know how far she really gets. I mean, she's taken on a guy who's going to take all the heat in the world for her. Uh, it was his bully strategy. She kind of rides along behind him. I'm not going to say she rides his coattails because, let's be honest, Daniel Donato did win a lot of comps to keep them alive. And I give her credit at number four for that, okay? She's a winner. She wins things. But I think that without, without her dad and, and, and eight, I don't know how far Daniel Donato really gets in the game. Probably pretty far, but I don't think she ends up final two. And I think in 13, I think she probably would have played the same way without her dad like she did in 13, where she played kind of fast and furious. Now, fast and furious is great. It makes her a great competitor, and I think she's somebody that deserves a win, but she doesn't get it. And that's kind of why I have her at four. Now, Rachel Riley I have sitting at three. Why is Rachel Riley at three? A lot of people are not happy about this, I'm sure. Some people are ecstatic, and some people say she's too low. She's the greatest thing that ever lived. But listen, Rachel Riley, and there's two Rachel Rileys in my opinion. There's one that plays with Brendan, and there's one that plays hellbent by herself. I don't think Rachel's as good with Brendan. I'm going to say that. I don't think she's good. Now, it's great to have somebody protect you. But Rachel Riley, when she's upset about something and when, she's really, when she really wants something, hell cannot hold her back. 
she's that type of player that can get the job done. You've got to give Rachel Riley credit. There's not a bigger target that puts a target on themselves in the world than Rachel Riley, probably next to Evil Dick. Those two can put a target on themselves very quickly. But somehow she survives, and she wins comps, and she is in control of the house this week. She wins season 13. A lot of people don't think it was fair. I understand their complaints about Brendan being able to come back in at, a, at an opportune time for her. But I think that she is the type of person that, number one, you do want to see her in the house because you may hate her, but there's an important aspect to, to Big Brother that people look over, and that is you always have to have somebody you love to hate in that house. Rachel Riley fits that bill. You love to hate her, and she's going to make you – you're going to tune in every week because she's either going to make you hate her more because she keeps winning, or you're going to love her because she keeps winning and you're a fan. i got to give Rachel Riley number three. I don't think she's a great strategist. I just think that when she is – when she's burned, man, look out. Number two – Janelle. Why Janelle sits at number two is because I feel like number one is the best female player to ever play. But Janelle sits at number two because she doesn't have the strongest social game. But I think everything else speaks for itself. Janelle is a great player when it comes down to winning competitions. She's going to rub it in your face. And she does have strategy. I mean, she is a very good strategist. She knows what she needs to do, and she gets it done every time. She ends up in the final fours. She deserves a win in some of those seasons, I agree. Not in seven. I think Mike Boogie deserved the win in seven. I know people are going to throw tomatoes, but I think he deserved the win in seven. But I think she is very, very much somebody who could have won season six. I think she did deserve to win season six if she would have. But the one thing that lacks in Janelle's game is her social game. She's not strong socially. She makes moves against her alliance. She aggravates the hell out of people. She says things that are very blunt and very, honestly, very. she comes off very untactful at times. And it hurts her, I think. It hurt her in 14 when she went back in the house. You could see almost all the new people kind of just go, no, no, thank you. She has a weak social game. But everything on the other side of it is kind of like with Danielle Donato. Everything on the other side is so strong. And like with Rachel, it's so strong on the competitive side. And on her, uh, you know, somewhat on her strategic side, but I get to give her a lot of credit, okay? i got to rank her at number two. I know people will be upset that she's not number one. But when it comes down to number one, it's the greatest female player to ever play the game, and that is simply Danielle Reyes. You will never find another player with the gut instinct that Danielle Reyes has. You will never find another player who knows how to work angles the way she did, and she was able to compete in competitions when needed, and she knew everything going on in the house. Her gut instinct is is second to none. There's never going to be another player that has the gut instinct that Danielle Reyes has. She's absolutely the most incredible player, uh, female-wise. And I think overall, when you talk about great players, I keep Danielle Reyes in my top three. And sometimes it's Dan number two, and sometimes it's Reyes number three, and they swap. But if Danielle Reyes is considered number two for me for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that, and I'll rest in peace. Because I think that she is that good of a player overall over male and female, okay? You're going to have a hard time convincing me that she doesn't deserve that number one spot. When it comes down to females who know what they're doing, it's Daniel Reyes every time. So Daniel's got the gun instinct. And you know what? Jason Guy, before we have to get off the air here, Jason Guy to me is one of the most underrated players of all time. He's always overlooked as somebody who set up a lot of great moves in the game, and yet he doesn't get the credit. Great alliance between Danielle and uh, Jason Guy. Danielle's my number one. Folks, listen, we'll be back Thursday at 10 o'clock, right after the eviction. That's East Coast. I hope you join us. Had a lot of fun tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. We do it every week. We're going to do Sunday and Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun, folks. This is the Big Brother After Show. Go check us out on on, uh, Facebook. And please, you know, hey, hit us up on Twitter, BB After Show. That's where we want to get a lot of people on there because we can get out information quick. Thanks for joining us, folks. My name's Sam. It's another great night, another great Big Brother season so far. Let's keep enjoying it, folks. We will see you Thursday. Watching. 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 Watching.